from the Mercy One Studio. Welcome to Straight Talk, a lively discussion on tough issues impacting our lives. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your host, Gene Wells. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Straight Talk here on Iowa Catholic Radio. It is your weekly dose of news from the diocese and around the world on on issues, um, commentary on issues that give us angst, that keep us awake at night. And and sometimes if they're not keeping you awake, perhaps they should. Um, today is one of those. Straight Talk. You've got questions. We've got some answers for you. I'm Jean Wells. I count among my many blessings, and I try to count my blessings every single day, to be broadcasting from the Mercy One studio here at Iowa Catholic Radio. And on today's show, Carrie Potter is joining me. Carrie is the Sexual Assault Coordinator for Catholic Charities out of our Council Bluffs office. And we're talking about human trafficking. Does it happen in Iowa? Well, the short answer is yes. We're going to find out how much and all of that with Carrie. Now, the headlines have astounded us this past week with the location of children who have been kidnapped. 39 in Georgia have been recovered, 25 in Ohio, and 123 found in Michigan. And just over the weekend, um, there was another. Oh, where did I find that? Um I think it was eight more that were uh, recovered from Indiana in Operation Homecoming. Um, that just because we are Iowa nice doesn't mean that we are immune to the tragedies of children being snatched away from us. Now I'm going to give this uh, uh, text number, phone number and text number throughout the show. It's for victim services. And you can contact the Iowa Helpline. It's an 800 number. So 800-770-1650, that's 770-1650, or you can text, Iowa Help is the message, and just text it to the number 20121. And again, I'll give that number again throughout the show, so um, have a pencil and paper handy. Human trafficking is a modern day form of slavery. And it's a felony under Iowa law. Oftentimes, victims pay to be illegally transported into the United States only to find themselves in the servitude of traffickers. Traffickers force many victims into prostitution, involuntary labor, and other forms of enslavement to repay their debts. They call it an entry fee into the United States. No, no, that's not right. According to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, after drug dealing, human trafficking is tied with arms dealing, yikes, as the second largest criminal industry in the world. And get this, generating about $32 billion each year. Many human trafficking victims are children. According to a study of U.S. uh, Department of Justice, human trafficking task force cases, 83% of sex trafficking victims identified in the United States were U.S. citizens. The average age that U.S. citizens are first used for commercial sex is 12 to 14 years old. Serious topic today. 
before we get to that, though, some events to mark your calendar. September 24th is a National Day of Prayer and Fasting for God's mercy on our land and the healing and conversion of our hearts. For more information, go to Father John Ricardo's new ministry, new website, acts29.org, and that's 29 is spelled out in Roman uh, numerals, so it's acts, xxix.org. The Christ Our Life Conference is September 26th and 27th. Very excited about that. Uh, Father Don Calloway will be one of the speakers. Boy, his life has taken a turn. Um, what an what a uh, an amazing guy! I listened this morning to his reflection on the joyful mysteries. Um, very powerful. Um, there are tickets available. Um, you can be online or you can be in person. So go to ChristOurLifeIowa.com. Now, if you have in person tickets and you're just not comfortable with that, you can uh, go online and you can transfer those over to the online version. They have folks from England and all over um, the world participating in the conference online. So that is really a silver lining to this whole uh, COVID thing for the Christ Our Life Iowa Conference. Uh, Iowa Catholic Radio's Fall Carathon is just around the corner, September 28th through October 2nd. And you will make the difference this year. Your prayers and support are the fuel that keeps the engine of Iowa Catholic Radio humming right along. Consider a monthly gift. We love when there's that monthly flow of income. $30 a month, it becomes that annual gift of $360. So consider that if you would. Uh, Go to our website, iowacatholicradio.com. In the news, uh, the U.S. Marshals Operation Safety Net, we already mentioned this, uh, the U.S. Marshals efforts. Um, Operation Safety Net is in Ohio, and they have recovered 25 missing children in the first two weeks of their operation. More than 100 were arrested in that massive sting. In Georgia, their operation is called Operation Not Forgotten. This led to nine arrests, more than two dozen charges. In Michigan, their MI, Michigan Safe Kids Initiative, in a one-day sweep, recovered 123 of the 301 children reported missing. 17 were arrested during that operation. The U.S. Marshals work in union with, not independently of, local law enforcement officials. Uh, you'll have some new reading material come October. The Vatican announced Saturday that Pope Francis will sign the third encyclical of his pontificate uh, in Assisi on October 3rd. The encyclical is entitled Fratelli Tutti, which means all brothers in Italian, and will focus on the theme of human fraternity and social friendship, according to Holy See Press Office. Human fraternity has been an important theme for Pope Francis in recent years, signing a document on human fraternity for world peace and living together. And his first World Day of Peace remarks were on fraternity, foundation, and pathway for peace. Now, some might think because it's a papal papal encyclical, it is considered infallible. Um, Encyclicals contain a variety of points about one or more issues, and they are often about things that are beyond the scope of papal infallibility. Papal infallibility relates only to declarations on faith or morals. 
I think that's it for news. When we come back, we'll visit with Carrie Potter, a sexual assault coordinator for Catholic Charities. We're going to talk about human trafficking. Does it happen in Iowa? It's time for Straight Talk right now on Iowa Catholic Radio. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. The number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. Thank you, Blessed International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessed International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at blessedmaninternational.org. That's blessedmaninternational.org. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Thank you, Big Red Q. Quick Print for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq-demoin.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports on Iowa Catholic Radio is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Greg Harper. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. 515-440-4610, ashworthvision.com. Ashworth Vision Clinic. back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and I am so grateful that you were joining me today, folks. This is a conversation that sometimes we think we're immune to things like this because we're in Iowa, but I am so grateful for Carrie Potter joining me today. She is the Sexual Assault Coordinator for Catholic Charities out of their Council Bluffs office. And Carrie, you know, this human trafficking, does it happen in Iowa? You know, we can't be ignorant of the fact that just because we're Iowa nice doesn't mean that we're not um, prone to have those kinds of things happen in our great state. 
Hi, Jean. Thanks for thanks for having me. Um, oh, you're welcome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think sometimes we think, um, particularly states in the Midwest, um, we're just, you know, we don't want this to happen in our communities. We don't mm-hmm. always see it happening in our communities. And so I think sometimes these Midwest states, we, we forget that um, it, it does happen here, or we don't know that it happens here. Uh, but it absolutely mm-hmm. does right in our backyard. Yeah. Hey, before we get into our conversation, tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you get into the this work. I mean, when you're, you know, 10, oh, I want to grow up to be a sexual assault coordinator for Catholic Charities. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't think right. it's on our list. Yeah. How did this happen? Right. So I think I started uh, my work with a different agency um, out of Omaha doing prevention work. And so I was teaching youth um, just about bystander intervention and healthy relationships. Um, for about four or five years. And then as I was doing that work, I started doing some direct uh, client service work uh, with survivors of, of sexual violence. And so mm-hmm. as I began during that work, I just became very passionate. And I think so many victims don't know that there's support and resources available. Um, and so about five, five and a half years ago, I um, became a sexual abuse coordinator at Catholic Charities. And then within that work, we've always done human trafficking work. Um, just kind of associated sexual violence with trafficking. At that point, we didn't have um, program-specific, like a human trafficking specialist, which we do have now. Um, But we saw the need for that. Um, Even though we were working with those survivors, um, we just needed, we needed more information out there to communities and then better resources for survivors. Yeah. You know, I think it's it's fascinating. Every time I have someone on from one of the, the organizations through the diocese that receives some annual diocesan, annual diocesan appeal funding, I'm like, oh, this is why we support the ADA, you know, for this kind of work that we may not necessarily know. So that, that's a whole sidebar, but um, I, I just had to say that. Um, can we start, though, uh, before we develop, delve into this, Let's do some definitions. Like, what's the difference between human trafficking and sex trafficking? And are those terms interchangeable? I think sometimes they are used interchangeably, and I think that's okay. Um, but what it comes down to is is basically sex trafficking is basically sex sold for commercial sex. Um, and that, that can include adults or children. However, um, with adults, it has to include forced fraud, or coercion. Um, with a child, now with a minor, if it's un- if they're under 18, it doesn't matter. You don't have to have that force there, that fraud, that coercion, in order to prosecute. Um, Is there a child? They're being trafficked. They're be- yes, mm-hmm. they're being trafficked, no matter what. There's no mm-hmm. question. Um, with, with adults, um, in order to prosecute, you just have to have that force or coercion um, kind of involved in order, in order to prosecute. And then Labor trafficking is, is different, so that is a different term. Um, that could be someone forced to, you know, uh, work for someone else, maybe not get any pay, maybe very poor living conditions. Um, and then there's also domestic servitude. So that might be someone brought, you know, promised to bring over uh, maybe a migrant worker, um, bring them into your home, and then basically they're working for you within the home. Mm-hmm. Oh. And they feel trapped. Otherwise, they if they didn't feel trapped, they would just leave, right? They, they, and they are trapped. Basically, they're you know this is how we got you here. 
uh, we paid for your travel expenses, we're paying for your lodging, now you have to pay off your debt. Hmm. So let's, uh, I always like to give statistics. What, what statistics do you have for human trafficking in Iowa? That's tricky. Um, it is tricky <laughs> because there, there just are no um, solid numbers, and, and I think here's why. Um, we, so we have the Iowa the hotline, which I know you've been giving out that number, and that's mm-hmm. great because that hotline will connect people to um, service providers in their area. Um, but what that, that hotline does is track the number of calls that are reported. And so mm-hmm. in two, that's the last um, stat I have in 2017 where there was 213 calls into the Iowa hotline. Of those calls, there was around 70 that were actually reported trafficking cases. So, yes, there's calls into the hotline, but there, sometimes they might be, um, you know, someone that saw something suspicious or they wanted to report something they thought was happening. So all those calls go into that hotline. They don't always mean they're actual trafficking cases. Mm-hmm. So honestly, that number is very, very low. It's very underreported. Um, the the number of survivors that actually report trafficking is very small. They don't always seek services because they're being trafficked. Um, so it's it's difficult to get those numbers. And then we have those big sting operations that you're talking about where, you know, um, we are able to you know, find traffickers and press charges, but those are difficult to do. You know, they're difficult to locate. They're difficult to to, to bust up, and they it's very, very underreported. So I wish I had a solid number for you for Iowa. Um, I don't, and I don't think across the, the nation that we probably do. So as a state, I mean, if we don't have good numbers, can we say we're improving in our ability to reduce human trafficking, or is it on the rise? What's going on as far as, you know, what you're seeing day to day? Well, I think our, based out of our agency, our numbers have increased quite a bit. Um, last year, so we served nine counties in Southwest Iowa. Um, last year, we served 33 um, trafficking survivors. And out of just nine counties in Southwest Iowa, I feel like that's a pretty high number. And those are those are individuals that we actually know are being trafficked. So they might not have reported, they might not have law enforcement cases going on or FBI cases going on, but they either have self-disclosed or, you know, we, we know they've been trafficked. Um, so I feel like that's a pretty high number just for our mm-hmm. agency alone. Um, and to look at all the other agencies across the state, um, I would think if you added all those together, it would far outweigh that number of the 217 calls that were put into the hotline. Well, I also know, okay, 33 in nine counties, it's not like, you know, I think this stuff happens in the most highly populated counties. Well, you know, other than Pottawatomie County, where Council Bluffs is, you're not talking about, you know, dense populations. No, no, and and I think we were in a lot of rural environments. Yeah, there are, there are, and it's it's honestly the easiest place to traffic um, victims because it's it's right in the backyard. People don't see it. I mean, traffickers are very, very smart. Um, they know it's an area where um, people aren't going to notice things, maybe because of uneducation or maybe because, you know, rural communities are it's not highly populated and they're not going to, you know, take their um, victims out publicly. I mean, they're, it's, it's harder to find. It's harder to see. Um, people don't either want to see it or they don't. They honestly just don't know what's happening. They don't recognize it. 
Um, but we've we've noticed several um, of the the survivors that we have worked with have come from rural communities, and and that was kind of shocking for us too. But mm-hmm. um, it's definitely a place that needs more education and awareness. Now, in a report that I was reading over the weekend, it said you know the vulnerable individuals are that are caught in human trafficking are typically identified as those escaping poverty, war, or political strife. Yet those wouldn't be considered significant negative situations in Iowa. Yes, we have some poverty, but you know I, Iowa was identified as a hot spot for human trafficking. Why is that? Well, definitely the the interstates, and I, I think we've, a lot of us have probably heard that. Like we have two large interstates running through our state, um, and we are between a lot of big cities too. And so traffickers are going to move. Sometimes I don't want to say they always do, but it, but they do move, um, you know, victims to where buyers are, and so whether there might be significant events going on, um, you know, we have several things happening in in our state, um, and we're right next to um, Omaha, so and then Des Moines, a large city, so we have those places where there's events going on all the time. Um, I know Iowa State Fair is a big one, even that people are kind of shocked to know. Um, but there's buyers, and so they will travel. So we do have the, you know, traveling across the state. Um, but again, those, those rural communities, those are places where they can be hidden, uh, particularly if you wanted to get into even, even labor trafficking. Um, those are places where there's big farm operations. There's, um, you know, different places, um, factories, where uh, people can be labor trafficked and, and no one would know. Well... Okay, so let's let's talk about the the sex trafficking side of it. I mean, prostitution is a challenge, and an article in the Des Moines Register from from last year stated 172 illegal massage parlors in Iowa, and they named Des Moines as one of the hundred hot spots in the nation. Mm-hmm. Are are the women usually sex trafficked victims or women who have chosen to be in that profession? Do you it's know? Very, very rare. Yeah, it's very rare, and I think as a society um, in general, we have to be really, really careful about the word prostitution. Um, while there may be people who do choose um, that as a living, that typically what we have found is it's usually not a choice, um, and I think we use that word kind of aggressively. Um, mm-hmm. Oftentimes, someone will get arrested, um, and they get arrested based on prostitution charge, um, but that doesn't mean that they wanted to be there, um, and it doesn't mean that they weren't forced um, mm-hmm. you know, to perform sex or have sex. So I think it's a difficult word that we kind of need to be careful how we use it and, and kind of think more about, you know, is that person actually willing to be there or are they being forced to be there? And sometimes we can't see that. You know, it's hard for us to see, um, but more often than not, they're they're there against their will. Well, and you'd think almost that that an arrest would be um, a godsend for them. You know, that they're oftentimes arrested and, and they're Johns or not. Um, right. You'd think that they would now be given an opportunity to, to t- be in a safe environment and climb out of that situation. Mm-hmm. But are they so in, in, ingrained in it that they can't even, they can't see that? Right, it's and it can be complicated. Sometimes what we've seen is that it can be a multiple multiple 
uh, a variety of things. So um, we have worked with um, Pot County Jail here does a really good job of giving us referrals. Um, they have jail-based service coordinators that um, if someone comes in and they're arrested, um, if they see red flags of trafficking, um, no matter what the charge is, because um, a survivor could get arrested for many things. It could be theft, mm-hmm. it could be drug possession, it could be maybe that prostitution charge. Um, and you would think that once they're arrested, you know, they feel that might be their opportunity to get out. Um, sometimes trafficking victims don't realize they're being trafficked, quite honestly. They don't, mm-hmm. you know, this is the life they've been kind of sucked into. They don't know how to get out. Um, they might rely on that trafficker for uh, for living, basically. Um, they might be terrified of that trafficker. So it might be someone that's very violent and um, they might be scared. Um, they also might be using substances. So it could be an addiction. You know, they get those substances from that trafficker. So sometimes there's just a lot of different reasons why, you know, it's difficult to get out or um, they may not be able to get out. And then once you're arrested and in your jail, your hands are kind of tied. Who's going to get you out other than that trafficker? So right. it, can be, yeah. it can be very complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are we doing? I mean, are the U.S. Marshals going to be coming into Iowa? I mean, is there is there a concerted effort to create a, a safer haven in Iowa for uh, human trafficking victims? You know, I think Iowa's doing a really good job. Um, sometimes it's hard to see um, because it takes so long for it all to come together. But, I mean, Iowa has a, a really good... Uh, like for Council SPD, we have um, a vice unit. So they are working on things undercover all the time. I think probably across the state of Iowa, there's many um, units like that as well. But we also have the Iowa Network Against Human Trafficking, which is a coalition that has kind of looking across the state, what's happening, who, you know, what programs are working on this, how can we all, you know, come together, um, create more awareness, uh, what can we actually do? I know the Iowa DOT has truckers against trafficking. So where we have those, you know, interstates and that travel, you know, they're really, really good about, you know, looking for warning signs and red flags. And um, so we have that piece coming together. I know there's some legislature that just got passed. Um, Governor Reynolds' um, most recent one signed a hotel motel training. So mm, they're yes. requiring mm-hmm. hotels and motels to be trained, you know, have your staff trained on, uh, warning signs and what to do and who to contact. Um, mm-hmm. And we've program has done some of that work too, and I think it's really important. That is definitely hotspots for for trafficking. Um, so I think the state is is doing a lot of work. It just it takes time. And it takes uh, right. it takes a lot of time for people to be aware of what, of what's happening. Yeah, it's not like you can just Google um, illegal human trafficking and get a list of folks and where they are. Right, right. No, no. Right. <laughs> hey, folks, we're giving out this um, this help, Iowa helpline number several times during our show. If you have a pencil handy, uh, it's for victim services in Iowa. And you can contact the Iowa helpline. That number is 800-770-1650 or text Iowa help to 20121. So the phone number, the text number is 20121. And you text Iowa help. You know, that would be a good number to just have on your phone. You never know. 
My guest today is Carrie Potter. She is the Sexual Assault Coordinator for Catholic Charities. And when we come back, Carrie mentioned she has worked with victims of, of, of um, human trafficking. And so she's going to share some stories, of course, confidential. We won't have any names. Um, but, you know, if we don't understand the stories themselves, it, it doesn't really connect. So we're going to talk about how some of these individuals um, what happened to them and how they recovered and what lessons we can learn. You're listening to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Thank you to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. From the cardiovascular experts at the Iowa Heart Center to the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics, Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children with more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area. Find a convenient Mercy One location near you online at mercydesmoines.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio's broadcast of Dowling Catholic Sports and Activities is provided by Kemen, a global ingredient manufacturer using science to transform the quality of life for 80% of the world. Kemen is on the leading edge of molecular science, manufacturing more than 500 specialty ingredients for the human and animal health and nutrition, pet food, aquaculture, nutraceutical, food technologies, crop technologies, and textile industries. Kemen strives to sustainably transform the quality of life every day for 80% of the world with their products and services. Kemen, using science to transform the world. Online at Kemen.com. Since 1924, St. Vincent de Paul has been helping those less fortunate work towards self-sufficiency. Last year, St. Vincent de Paul helped over 20,000 individuals with food, clothing, and shelter, while also offering classes in financial literacy, high school completion, career readiness, and prisoner re-entry. SVDPDSM.org, 515-282-8327. Shop, donate, volunteer, serve. This message was brought to you by Homemakers Furniture. The Christ Our Life Catholic Conference for Our Searching Souls, Friday and Saturday, September 26th and 27th at Wells Fargo Arena. Speakers include Father Donald Calloway, Sister Miriam James, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Mirjana Soldo, Magnus McFarlane Barrow, Steve Angrisano, and Iowa Catholic Radio's John Leonetti. Tickets and information are available through ChristOurLifeIowa.com. The Christ Our Life Catholic Conference, September 26th and 27th at Wells Fargo Arena. ChristOurLifeIowa.com. Did you know you have a choice in your child's education? Smaller class sizes, dedicated teachers, a sense of community, and a caring learning environment. Whether it's in the classroom or at home, Diocese of Des Moines Catholic Schools deliver the best value in education, and we offer tuition assistance to help you afford it. Learn more about how the Catholic schools in the Des Moines Diocese might be the right choice for your child. Visit dmdiocese.org schools. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, brewed locally and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers available at local stores, bars, and restaurants. Confluence Brewing Company at 1235 Thomas Beck Road, off the bike trail south of Grays Lake, and online at confluencebrewing.com. Confluence Brewing Company offers curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. Low 50s, breezy, showers and thunderstorms for the afternoon. It looks like we'll stay near 50 overnight with more rain and gusty wind, mid 50s and showers tomorrow. The weather is brought to you by Rock Valley Physical Therapy. Outstanding outpatient physical therapy and sports medicine rehabilitation with seven convenient locations in the Des Moines metro and southwest Iowa area. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and I'm so grateful that you have chosen to spend time with me today. Uh, My guest is Carrie Potter. She is the uh, sexual abuse, um, (laughs) excuse me, Carrie, the sexual assault coordinator for Catholic Charities. And we're talking about human trafficking, and it does it happen in Iowa. And you come with a unique perspective. And, you know, we chatted a little bit about, you know, sharing some stories. And, of course, we would not want to name names or, or anything like that. But um, these are folks that you know personally, that you have helped in um, getting out of dangerous situations. Share with our listeners one of those stories, if you would. Carrie? Hi, Jean. You cut out on me just a little bit at the end. Okay, sorry. Um, I was hoping that you would share a story um, or two or three, but start with one story of a of a human trafficking victim that you have worked with and and kind of what that situation was that you you found that person in. Sure. Uh, yeah, I have a couple different different things here. So I um, I think the first um, survivor that I worked with. Um, didn't I think sometimes we think that maybe they're they're fleeing or they're trying to flee trafficking? Uh, this individual was uh, we discussed earlier about maybe being arrested. So um, she was from another state. However, within her travel, um, was arrested for prostitution, and so mm-hmm. um, was able to make contact with her in the jail jail setting. Um, this particular individual didn't exactly. Um, you have to really build your trust uh, with victims of trafficking. Like, oh, Carrie, thank you very, for coming. <laughs> they're, they're very afraid, and, and they don't trust anyone, and nor should mm-hmm. they. They haven't, you know, had anyone um, to trust for a really long time. So I think that was probably the most difficult piece. Um, so it was like gaining that trust, gaining that rapport, and then finding out what their needs really were. Uh, for that particular individual, it was obviously getting the arrest charges, you know, taken care of which they were working with the FBI for that. Um, her trafficker was actually being prosecuted in another state. So while she was in jail, she was in a safe place. Um, but after um, being released, uh, her needs were, she wanted an ID. Um, her identification has been stolen from her. She did not have a driver's license, didn't have a birth certificate. It didn't, when we go to the DMV, you know, you, you can't get, those are difficult to get uh, when you don't have the proper um, materials mm-hmm. that you need. 
And so that took some time. It took some work. Um, but that was what she needed at that point. Um, so sometimes we just meet them where they're at. Um, and, and after kind of building that trust, she was able to, you know, then we helped her with some housing needs. Um, her trafficker ultimately was prosecuted. So that doesn't always happen. Um, it can be frightening when they're not. Um, mm-hmm. Then they feel like they're always on the run and always fleeing. Um, however, her trafficker was prosecuted. We were able to help her with housing. Um, she ended up relocating. Um, so I think in the end, that was a, a success story. However, this was over the span of probably two to three years. So it, it wasn't easy. It didn't you know, happen overnight. She was battling substance abuse. Um, it was a process. It was definitely a process. Mm-hmm. But I, I think unique in the fact that, you know, what was her initial need? What, how could you build that trust and how could we help her? Are you able to stay in contact with folks that you've helped over the years or or do you know um, if she's still doing okay? You know, I, I think sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. It, it's kind of up to the survivor for sure. Um, mm-hmm. This particular individual did reach out uh, um, a couple years after, you know, relocation and did check in. So I think that's how sometimes, you know, you, you built the rapport, you, you did the work, they, you know, um, sometimes you don't hear, <laughs> you don't know. Um, so you're not mm-hmm. sure if there's, you know, how the story ended. And I think that's the difficult part. But um, in this particular case, yes. So what is a lesson that we've learned from that particular victim as far as how do, how do the rest of us, you know, help someone just in life? I mean, you talked yeah. about building trust. And I, I think that's probably... I don't know. That's the lesson I got out of that short story is, is to build trust yeah. with people and be honest. Well, and I think we, I think we all want to save someone. And so if we, if we think they're being, you know, trafficked or we know they're being trafficked or some other situation, you know, we want to save them. We want to rescue them. Um, it, that's the ultimate feeling. <laughs> that would be great, but it doesn't always happen that way. Like it is mm-hmm. more about providing them the services they need or, what resources do they need? How we, how can we connect them to safe people? How can we, mm-hmm. um, yeah, gain that trust and rapport? And I think even with just individuals in the community, just it can be as simple as seeing red flags, noticing something, uh, calling the hotline, giving a tip. I mean, those tips are all given, you know, to, to law enforcement. They're all connected. They can all ultimately bring down, you know, traffickers. But mm-hmm. we don't always see the end result, but it is providing that information, you know, mm-hmm. don't be the inactive bystander, like make sure you are um, reporting when you need to make sure you're, um, you know, not, not just watching, not just standing by mm-hmm. watching and, and, and yeah. I don't know what to do, just doing something. Now, I imagine the stories um, that you have to share are as broad as there are people in the United States, because so, not all of them are going to be in the situation of that person where, you know, they ended up being in jail and a prostitute. What, mm-hmm. Share another story, if you would, please. Yeah, I think um, we talked about rural communities. I think that's important to, to talk about. We um, had another advocate that was um, working with someone out of a rural community, and it was, it was kind of the uh, trafficker on the run with two victims. And so they were two young girls um, that had been picked up from another state. Um, but stopped in um, a rural uh, town in, in Fremont County. And so the interesting thing about that piece was um, it was a, a worker inside of the truck stop. And so when the girl, one of the girls had come out and 
went into the truck stop to either use a restroom or, you know, get buy something. I'm not sure, but um, it was uh, the worker or the worker that was actually working at the truck stop that had noticed that red flag and said something's not right. Um, and the girl had kind of, if, if I remember correctly, she had kind of asked for help too, which doesn't always happen, but um, mm-hmm. did ask for help. And so uh, they were able to call law enforcement. And that was a situation where they actually did, you know, catch the trafficker red-handedly. But um, I think he was actually a transporter. So I don't know that mm. he got charged with trafficking charges, uh, but he did get charged with sex abuse charges and transporting the trafficker was actually from another state. So I think that was a huge wake-up call for a rural community to know that it does happen um, and it can happen that quickly um, right under our noses. Um, you know, how often do we stop and go into a truck stop maybe and not, not look around or not notice things um, around us? And that situation, kudos to mm-hmm. that young um, uh, worker behind the counter, you know, for making that call. Well, and I think, you know, how many times you've gone into a restroom at a, a truck stop and you kind of don't give people eye contact. You want to get in and out and get your, your soda on your way out or whatever. And just to be attentive to who else is in the restroom with you. I mean, if the trafficker is probably not going to be there unless it's a woman that's a trafficker. I always think of the traffickers as probably men, and that's probably a bad assumption that it could very well be a woman as well. But it can be, and it very often is a woman um, or um, a woman working with, you know, a, tra- a trafficker that has maybe um, started the trafficking, but yet will um, pull in um, different individuals to assist. And so um, definitely can be a woman and often is a woman um, because mm-hmm. that's kind of not the red flag. I mean, yeah, if, if, if someone's not going to let, if a trafficker's not going to let that person out of them sight, their sight, but then they need to use the restroom or they need to even go to a medical appointment. Um, oftentimes they'll have a woman go with them. And so it's very hard to see. It's yeah. hard to catch those red flags. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have time for one more story before we take a break. What, what's another kind of a scenario that has um, created a, a terrible situation for someone? Yeah, I think, um, I think, what we need to, to remember, most of the survivors that we're working with is really long-term work. Um, it's not, it isn't that rescue and we take you out. And I think sometimes we do see that, but it, it's long-term work. Um, it is, this isn't um, a one-hour law and order episode. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and even these youth that are being rescued, you know, when we see these stories in Georgia and such, those youth being rescued, like that's, their story is not over. Um, because they've been, and thank goodness they're being, you know, taken from that situation and they're rescued, but they were probably there because maybe they didn't have a family. Maybe they were runaway youth. Maybe there's mental illness. Um, you know, they don't always have that family, uh, waiting with open arms to run home to. So it is long-term work. It's, um, sometimes that, that type of work is all they know. Um, and even going back to that, is, is almost enticing because um, their value was actually making money. Um, and so they're kind of based their worth on that value of how much money they made or how many, um, you know, tricks they did that night. Um, they're very, very distorted value, uh, very much trauma, uh, everyday trauma. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think it's just we just have to remember it's, 
it's long-term work. It's, um, but that's when it, we can pull in lots of different people from communities. So we need medical providers, you know, to be aware of red flags. We need um, mental health therapists, um, you know, that long-term work is going to be maybe therapy yeah, sessions. Cool. And, yeah. yeah. So it is wrap-around totally. where these, you know, these coalitions form and, you know, how can we work together in a community um, and provide different services to someone so that they have long-term sustainability. Now, Carrie, I'm going to share this victim services number again. Now, if, if someone suspects some human trafficking issues, do they call this number as well, or is this only for victims to call? Yeah, no, those numbers are like the hotline number for Iowa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that could be anyone. And I noticed, I mean, some uh, different places are putting them in restrooms, and, um, you know, so those are definitely for victims. Or just if you you notice red flags, you have a tip, um, I saw this happen, you know, in this area, I just want to report it. Um, They encourage, you know, reporting of situations, Mm -hmm. too. So um, either one. So, folks, that number, the Iowa Helpline, is 1-800-770-1650. That's 770-1650. Or you can text. Um, the phone number to text is 20121, and you just text the word Iowa Help, and that will get you um, the help that you need. Uh, my guest is Carrie Potter. She is with Catholic Charities out of our Council Bluffs facility, the Sexual Assault Coordinator. We're going to take our last break of the hour, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what we can do, what I can do to help families when we suspect, when we see some red flags, what are those red flags, all of that kind of thing coming back to what we can do. You're listening to Straight Talk right now on Iowa Catholic Radio. The Christ Our Life Catholic Conference for Our Searching Souls, Friday and Saturday, September 26th and 27th at Wells Fargo Arena. Speakers include Father Donald Calloway, Sister Miriam James, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, Mirjana Soldo, Magnus McFarlane Barrow, Steve Angrisano, and Iowa Catholic Radio's John Leonetti. Tickets and information are available through ChristOurLifeIowa.com. The Christ Our Life Catholic Conference, September 26th and 27th at Wells Fargo Arena. ChristOurLifeIowa.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio in Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, a local brewery featuring seasonal and limited-release beers located off the bike trail south of Grays Lake and online at confluencebrewery.com. Confluence Brewing Company has growlers to go, apparel, and other gifts for family and friends. Confluence Brewing Company is available for curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Partial support for Catholic Women Now comes from injury attorney Fred Haas. When Iowans have been injured through no fault of their own, in a car, truck, or motorcycle accident, harmed in a work-related injury, or suffered injury due to negligence of others, Fred Haas has been on their side to help recover from financial, physical, and emotional loss. Fred, double D, Haas, double A. Online at fredhaas.com. The Des Moines Law Offices of Fred Haas. While we have time, let us do good. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Information about Pharmatan and other products at ImogeneIngredients.com. 
Paul and Paul are members of St. Augustine's Knights of Columbus and encourage their brother knights to keep standing for their faith. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping. Clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks, and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Sons Naturescapes can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Sons Naturescapes online at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and my guest today is Carrie Potter. Carrie is the Sexual Assault Coordinator for Catholic Charities in our Council Bluffs office. So, Carrie, we've, we've talked about, you know, a whole gamut of things, but, you know, if we don't know what we can do, we will just sit there, like you say, as bystanders and, and not do anything. Um you know, in a, in a report I read from the Iowa Attorney General's office, 75% of the victims were children and 25% adults. So what tips can you give parents to teach their children about visiting with strangers and without creating paranoia in the child, I might add? Right. And I think the stranger danger piece has been around for a long time in prevention work. And I think it's, it's important and we need to make sure that, you know, we... We educate kids, you know, obviously, stay away from strangers, mm-hmm. don't talk to strangers, don't go with strangers. But what we want to remember, too, is that uh, traffickers are very smart, and they're, it's not always that abduction piece. It's not the stranger danger. It's the person that's grooming. So it's the groomers. They um, will follow, you know, youth if they're troubled or if they, they will befriend them. They'll become them, their friends. Um, they might even have recruiter, recruiters that might um, try to form a relationship with that person. So the trafficking doesn't always begin in the first few months, even six months. It could be grooming that that child, um, you know, making friends with that child, getting them into the kind of life, you know, where they, they trust them, they build that trust, and then oftentimes that's when the trafficking might start. So I think it is important to educate about stranger danger, but it's also very important to educate what is trafficking because if a child doesn't know what trafficking is and they don't know what a potential trafficker might want from them or be trying to get from them. Um, they might not, they, they might just think that this is someone, you know, trying to be my friend or um, mm-hmm. trying to give me something that I've wanted. And so I think it's, it's just a lot of education um, in general. I think sometimes we don't want to talk about trafficking to kids. Um, I think it's going to scare them or, or if we talk about the word sex trafficking, now are we going to talk about sex? Um, it's, it's really just, educating them on what it is, and, and kids are hungry for that knowledge. We do a lot of prevention work in schools and where we're talking about human trafficking, and kids are intrigued, and they want to know more, and they want to understand what it is, and they want to look out for their friends, and so it's, 
it's letting that door open into schools, into churches, into community, you know, youth groups, and and letting the conversations happen. When is that kind of conversation appropriate? What age for children? I mean, is it, you know, I've got grandkids that are young as four and the oldest is 12. You know, I think a 12-year-old probably, but, you know, do you have, what are the conversations with the little ones? I think it's more folks. I mean, that that is um, just different language. Um, so yeah, you might use, not use all the terms of trafficking, but you're definitely going to say, you know, um, making sure that they have someone safe to talk to too. I mean, you know, tell me, um, if, if someone's, you know, reaching out to you or, um, know who their friends are, know who they're talking to, know, mm-hmm. um, and it, it, that age is a little young for social media, but once those kids start getting on, you know, um, devices, I mean, that's, watch what your kids are doing. Um, make scary, sure you're yeah. looking at their devices. Make sure you're, um, have your security settings on there, um, you know, being open about it. Um, so I think it, it can start at any age. Um, our curriculums mm-hmm. are based a little different on ages, obviously. Uh, we go into school. that It might be different in junior high as it is in high school, but um, that's just the language. You know, that's just different yeah. in language. It's, it's mm-hmm. really the same concept. Yeah, you know, I always imagine that the the um, the victims are are tucked away someplace. I'm never going to run across them, but they could be among us and too scared to say anything. So, so what are some of those signs, things that we could look for and be attentive to um, to identify someone who may have a potential victim? Definitely, and it depends on what setting you're in, but definitely, particularly, like, like in a school setting, is it the kid that, um, you know, isn't showing up for school every day? Is it the kid that um, looks really tired all the time, maybe has some injuries, and that could be, you know, they look like child abuse, too, but we, we want to make sure um, those kids are spoken for. Who's, who are they going home to? Who are they talking with? Are they... Um, you know, not just in a school setting, but if you're in um, other settings, I think just out in the community. I mean, I think it's just, I think you go with your gut. <laughs> what is that gut feeling mm-hmm. telling you? You know, I see that kid walking mm-hmm. with or that person walking with someone that's not, that doesn't look either age appropriate or the behavior doesn't look appropriate. Um, you know, it kind of depends on what setting you're at. I think, um, you know, I, I assisted a client in getting to a hotel um, one time, and as I was walking that client into the hotel, um, there was a young girl being dropped off um, in a truck full of men, and the, the young girl just kind of walked out, no bag, head down, and the truck went back to the end of the parking lot. And so to me, that was a really red flag. You know, that looked odd. Yeah. That didn't seem to make a lot of sense. Um, so I think just being aware um, mm-hmm. that people can't be aware if, if they're not educated. So... I think one thing people can do is just educate themselves or um, if you're part of a church and you can invite your local agency in to talk about trafficking, um, just to educate because the more people know, then the more they see. Mm -hmm. So if we, how do we, I mean, we call that 800 number if we Mm -hmm. report suspicious activity. I mean, what if we're wrong? I mean, what if we, we, we say, I think these neighbors across the street are doing crazy things, and we're mm-hmm. wrong. I mean, <laughs> that's embarrassing. I mean, and, and but 
Right. And here's what I know. I know that just working with um, some of the, the vice detectives, that they would rather know information than not know information. So I don't mm-hmm. think reporting suspicious activity is necessarily um, I mean, not breaking any law. You're, you're just saying, hey, this looks funny to me, or maybe there's a business or a parlor on the corner that just some suspicious activity is coming out. It doesn't look right. I think they would much rather have a report of that than just not, because if nothing's happening, then, you know, nothing's happening, and it'll, yeah. <laughs> it'll be okay. Uh, yeah, so don't be so embarrassed. Just do what's right. right. Yeah. Right. Hey, Carrie, I want to thank you so much. Um, folks, that helpline number is 800-770-1650, or you can text to 201-21, Iowa Help. Thank you so much for joining me today. And also, thanks to my producer, Jimmy Olson. I'm Jean Wells. And today, asking St. Josephine Batica, Bahita, excuse me, she's the patron saint against human trafficking. She was kidnapped at seven and sold five times as a slave. She knows the pain and suffering of those who have been trafficked. Um, we ask St. Joseph uh, Bahita to protect them now and bring them home safely to their families. St. Josephine, pray for us. Thank you for joining me today on Straight Talk. You are on. We are on the air because of your prayers and generosity. I thank you so much. Consider a tax-deductible gift to Iowa Catholic Radio at iowacatholicradio.com. We're on every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio and always available on your free Iowa Catholic Radio app. Stay tuned for Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. God bless. Straight Talk, where you get answers to tough issues impacting your life. Listen anywhere at any time via podcast at iowacatholicradio.com. Straight Talk, heard every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and replayed at 10 p.m. only on Iowa Catholic Radio.